What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all. Welcome to another episode of Success Secrets Exposed, where we have conversations with today's thought leaders, change makers, disruptors, to bring you tips, tools, and strategies that are going to help you grow. For those that are actually new to the show, I'm a content repurposing whiz for speakers, authors, and coaches and consultants. In essence, I help them turn their books into two years worth of social media posts turning their existing content into new profits. And today we're going to be further extending that conversation around books and we're going to be talking about how to monetize your books. And Pat, who's going to be our guest today, has written and or edited 49 non-fiction books. And she serves both entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, speakers, and both as an editor as a book coach and as an expert ghostwriter. And they hire her to help them bring the book that is within them to life. Pat is extremely experienced in this arena of authorship and monetizing books. She's the host of the Business Writers Circle. She's also co-host of the National Speakers Association Authors Group and a um, advisor for the C-Suite Network. So you are in for an absolute treat today. Please help me welcome Pat to the show to talk about monetizing your book. Thank you, Sally. A pleasure to be here and to join you across the airwaves. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Um, I know you're an absolute wealth of knowledge and you've got so much experience really, really a bringing to life, uh, you know, that book and that story that's inside people and the people that you serve, but also around the monetization of the book. So I'm excited to share some of your incredible insights with the audience today. 
I'd love to start off, if we may, just digging into a little bit of your backstory as to how you came about helping and why you came about helping these authors not only bring their book to life in the first instance, but also around monetizing it. If you can tell us a little bit of your backstory, please. Sure. I sat in a conference room, Sally, in 1978, looking at a woman who was in a wheelchair. She had been beaten so badly by her husband that she was paralyzed. He hit her with a baseball bat. And it wasn't the first time that she had been beaten. I sat there thinking, why did she stay with him? Why didn't she leave? And that curiosity led me to write my paper for that course on battered women and why they stayed in relationships and the cycle of violence. That paper then led to my first nursing article that was accepted by a nursing journal. And then about five years later, I embarked on co-authoring a book with two other nurses. And then that book launched my career testifying in cases as a nursing expert witness. Mm. It gave me the credibility, as I'm sure many of the people who are watching this, you know, recognize that writing a book gives you credibility and visibility and mm -hmm. authority. It enabled me to approach attorneys and say, I would love to help you with your cases. And I did that for a couple of years as a medical surgical expert, which is the general duty floors in a hospital. Then an attorney called me and said, I'd like you to review an emergency department case. And I said, I'm not an ER nursing expert. I've not worked in that area, but I have a colleague I can refer you to. So I put the two of them together and that old proverbial light bulb went off over my head and I thought she's gonna bill him for her services. He's gonna pay her. If he wins the case, he's gonna make money. She's gonna make money for sure because she's getting paid on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. And I just did them both a favor. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a business starting to assist attorneys with cases that I personally can't handle, different areas of nursing or medicine. And it turned out that there was a thriving business because attorneys had trouble finding nurses in particular who would be willing to testify. And I ran that business for 28 years and that became a multi-million dollar business, mm. which enabled me then to sell it in 2015 and then help people write their books, serving as their ghostwriter or editor or book coach. I have just in the last um, 12 months returned to Legal Nurse Consulting and I'm doing a little bit of work. I'm not intending to build up a business again. I had a, in the States, there's non-compete agreements and I mm. had to agree that with the woman who bought my business who, who intended to run it in New Jersey, I had to agree that I wouldn't take work within a 500 mile radius of New Jersey. And any cases that I got called on, I referred to her. Well, the five years is up. And that enables me to start working with some of the favorite attorneys who I retained from those years in my business. Yeah, beautiful. What a powerful story behind a story thank you so much for sharing uh, that that's that in itself is the testament of why and how books are so powerful and how often 
we do have um, and how many people do you walk past in the street that have an incredible story that when expressed uh, appropriately with the right channels with the right support can make such a significant impact and ripple effect across so many different ponds or rivers or oceans in actual fact mm -hmm. yeah extraordinary yeah. thank you you're right um, so I would really like to sort of really go into the ways in which um, people can actually monetize their book. And I know we had a conversation previously that having worked in my case predominantly with the coaches and consultants and speakers that write books as part of their thought leadership, but they almost get to, um, onto a hamster wheel of just writing the book and then they write the book and then they publish the book and they actually don't do a lot with it, which is one of my um, pet peeves because of coming from a, a mark, uh, sorry, marketing and a business development background. I know there's so much more that could be done. Can I ask you to, be, can I ask a curious question around that and ask you to explore with me some of the things that people aren't doing and perhaps some of the insight as to why they're not doing it or do they not know about it, please? I think we get fixated on the goal of writing a book. Yeah. The population that you're describing, coaches and consultants and speakers, it's incredibly important to have a book for visibility and authority and credibility. But it doesn't end there. It is a, a foundation for attracting clients, attracting work. I've been a member of National Speakers Association now since 2008, and one of the mantras is you need to have a book. Mm. It does give you a huge competitive advantage over other speakers who are being considered to present on a particular topic. And I've heard speakers who've lost business because they didn't have a book. Just taking the example of being a speaker and having a book, when we were meeting in person and we're sort of in in the states and various parts of the world we're still in this flux of do we meet in person do we not meet in person providing a physical copy to attendees who come to a meeting is one way to increase the revenue for that speaking engagement providing a digital copy in a virtual environment is another way to increase the revenue having a CEO of a company write a forward, which then becomes a special book. Well, it's the same content, but it's branded with the endorsement of the CEO of the company. You can add the logo of the company to the cover. That is worth a lot of money to the company that they've got their own version of the book that they can then distribute to employees and that becomes very important within the company. Mm. That type of licensing packaging deal um, is it's an unexploited way to bring more revenue to the speaker. Mm. And then for coaches and consultants, uh, if you're writing a book on the topic of your expertise, which is the logical way to do it, then you can build your speaking business around that resource. You've got a workbook, for example, the companion workbook that goes with the book that you've written. And I know, Sally, you're a master at the repurposing piece 
I just saw an article two days ago written by a woman who's an editor who said, if you're stuck trying to figure out what to put in your workbook, look at your book. And every time you write a question with a question mark, is that something that you could reword and put into a workbook with space for people to be able to fill in their answers? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm giggling because that's one of my methodologies as I always go question at the top and that usually the very bottom sentence of, of either a relevant paragraph or the bottom of the the last sentence of the whole text will have what I call a throwaway line, which can often often be turned into just that a productization element, which is uh, the workbook that goes with it. So brilliant. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and there are additional products. There are online courses. There are um, book cards, uh, card decks. Mm -hmm. I'll share with you what I did in in April of 2020, my professional association of legal nurse consultants, I've kept in touch with that population of people, canceled mm. their in-person conference, like so many other organizations canceled. Mm. And I had a book on networking for legal nurse consultants that I planned to launch at that conference. I had a table, mm -hmm. I ordered copies, I was ready to go there and stand behind my table and sell my books as I had done so many other times before. Mm. Well, now the canceled conference fouls up my plans. I have these books. I've got all the content. All of a sudden I looked at my book and said, you know, I didn't anticipate like so many other people didn't anticipate that the whole world was going to shut down and we wouldn't be networking in person. Yeah. What did I put in my book that I then repurpose? So I went through the book and I said, well, this applies, this chapter applies, this chapter applies. But I spent a lot of time focusing on in-person networking. I didn't even address online networking. So I teamed up with a colleague who was a social media expert. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, how about if we do a four session course and we teach online and in-person networking. We talk about the elevator speech and your hook and how you network through LinkedIn. We put together a rough plan. Um, and this was a test, Sally. I had, I still hesitate when I do this. I have coaches who say, Pat, sell the course first and then develop it. And I thought, Oh, but I really want to make sure that I have it ready in time. So we did a free webinar. We mm -hmm. didn't have a single slide developed, not a single slide. Mm -hmm. From the time I got the idea to the time we opened up the first session of the course was only 21 days. And we got 16 people in the program who paid 400 US dollars for taking that course which we then developed the minute we had our first registration fee. Yeah. And then the other thing that we did, and, and this is another repurposing gem for your listeners, Sally, is that every time I teach a free program, I make money because mm -hmm. I sell something that I call the learning resource, which is the slides, the transcript, and then I take four blog posts, three or four blog posts, which are around the topic. Mm. 
And I include the picture that was in the blog post and I put it all together into a PDF with a nice cover. It's a digital file. We pay, we charge $20 for this. It ends up to be about between 60 and 70 pages. So it looks substantial. And we sold 20 of our learning resources. So we made money on the learning resource. Then we made money on the online course. If I had gone to that conference, which typically is attended by about 200 people, I would have had to sell 220 books to equal the revenue that I generated with that online course. And then my colleague and I turned around and we revised it for entrepreneurs. And then we did a mailing to my list of entrepreneurs, her list of entrepreneurs, and we ran the course again. Brilliant. So that Can little I, 29.95 book was would never have generated that amount of money. But it was the starting point of what came next, which is the, is the key element here. Mm-hmm. And I just would love to, I'm just going to capture here because I, um, I caught it, but I want to make sure everyone else has caught it because this is the bossy Sally coming out, is that you actually <laughs> created a course for your nursing, uh, the nursing fraternity as it related to networking. You've uh, had forward movement fast, um, and I'm a bit like you, Pat. I like to have a few more ducks lined up before I launch, but I understand the, the principle behind it. So you've done that. Mm-hmm. You've had you've had great success through the learning resources, etc. And then, for those that didn't catch this, the same content was duplicated for the secondary or the second niche. So we went from the nurses to the entrepreneurs, and have effectively duplicated. Sure was a proven model previously so there's mm-hmm. a re, there's a re, an, an extra repurposing element and an extra business development element that I just wanted to make sure everyone caught so thank you so much You're welcome. Um, and I think in reality it is as easy as you've eloquently expressed it but we just overcomplicate it too much in, in the processes. So I love that you've, you've um, that the learning resource and that's such a fabulous name and that in itself is, has got such a great hook and it makes sense. Whereas generally we try to create an, you know, an ebook with a really fancy title and all these other things that we're going to add mm-hmm. value, value add, but just simply calling it a learning resource, which is very relevant uh, to the audience at the time in the moment. Uh, that has such great content in it, but is also has such uh, high value anyway, but it, it has additionally perceived high value because of the quality uh, and the depth in which you've gone into that learning resource. So I think that in itself is also another lesson that the audience can take away. You've already got, the, you've already created the resources just by packaging them up effectively and not mm-hmm. overcomplicating with a fancy, too fancy title. It enables people to consume you in different variations of bite-sized content. So in this case, yes. it was a bit bigger than bite-sized, but it was a bite-sized learning resource uh, after a, after a program which they've just done a bit of a deep dive into with the four with the four um, training videos that you uh, shared with us. Brilliant. And let me emphasize, uh, I didn't create any new material for this oh. product. The slides we printed three per page. We already had the slides, mm. so that I could use those in doing the presentation. I uploaded the video file to the person on Upwork who does my transcriptions. So he created the transcript. 
And the four articles at the end were blog posts that I had already written. The work was assembling, creating the cover and assembling. And as long as you have Adobe Acrobat and you can combine files, you can put together PDF files very easily. And it becomes a digital file that's delivered digitally. And there's no fulfillment costs associated with pushing the button and sending it to the people who have purchased it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very, very much. So that's one way to capitalize on content that you've previously created that was going to become a book. I also find it really interesting, and I don't know whether I see a lot of speakers do this at um, conference, at the larger conferences, particularly if they're a keynote, they tend to sort of dive in and dive off again. But I think there's such a real opportunity in, yes, having your productization, in your case, the book and the table and the stand at the conference, but the opportunity to actually network during the conference and after the conference or before and after your bit in itself is another very uh, strong way to monetize all that you do uh, from a mm -hmm. business development perspective. So I just wanted to acknowledge that as well. So let's talk about, uh, sorry, do you have something else to add, Pat? No, I was thinking that this is an ideal way, if you're a coach, for example, and you work one-on-one -on -one or in group programs with people, and you have books to sell, you do have a dual purpose. And it helps a great deal if you've got at least one other person at the table who can be collecting money and having people fill out their purchase forms so that you're capturing their name and email address so that you can focus on the people who say, no, I want to ask you about your coaching program. Yeah. Well, somebody's yeah. trying to hand you $20 to buy a $20 book while this person wants to find out about a thousands of dollar program. Mm -hmm. It's very useful to have a person who can say, well, let me take care of that book for you. Let Pat talk to this person about her questions on the coaching program. Yeah, so if you are a speaker and you're trying to get speaking gigs, potentially people could come up to the table as well. It's always worked for me because I'm there as a coach and an author to be able to speak with people mm. about their needs and, as in essence, determine if they're the right fit, if I'm the right fit for what they need. Are they serious? Are they ready to start? Do they have the funds to hire me as a coach? Yeah. All of those questions, you can at least start the conversation or say, let's set up a time and talk because this is a more in-depth conversation than we have time for right now and let's get together and speak about it. Yeah, and I think that's um, it's so important to share all of that because um, to you and I that are natural networkers, that's and naturally part of what we do is networking is being available uh, and being approachable and being there when people need us and those sorts of things. Um, and I do see a lot of that um, on occasion, that celebrity status that comes in when you're when you're a speaker, speaker that you tend to run off and forget that there's so much opportunity sitting in the room if you just make yourself available. And to me, that comes back to good old fashioned good manners. Um, mm -hmm. It's just being around so it's it's just it's stepping back out of that rush out of that rushing scenario and just being 
being available. If you've got the visibility and you've created the credibility, it's very important to be available to people so you can capitalise on what you've actually created. And sometimes it's just that slowing down a little bit to just uh, meet the people in the room that do actually have your questions. And I notice a lot... Um, when people do come up to you, there's literally two sort of circles. There's the ones that are immediately asking you questions. And then there's that secondary circle of people that are listening to the way in which you answer because they're observing you from a different from a different perspective. But they're mm -hmm. often the ones that are actually the ones that actually want to purchase the higher higher products because they're actually sussing you out in a different way. So I think that's a, a great opportunity to be able to make yourself available through having um, your books and those sorts of other things and making yourself available at networking events, etc. Mm -hmm. I would agree. So that, yeah, to me, that's an, uh, another way of uh, when when you are an author and you've got a, a product like that, it's another way that opens doors to you to, uh, to that availability and to have those conversations, whether it's a can I purchase your book or, you know, can I find out more about your coaching program? What are some of the other um, the other opportunities that you see that books uh, are able to open doors for people? If you are doing training, books can form the foundation of the workbooks, the curriculum that you are offering to clients. You've already done all of the work of doing the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Background searching, maybe doing the research. Um, this was actually just a topic that came up um, yesterday. I'm part of a video rock star group. And one of the people who was there was talking about how she was selling tons of books on Amazon. Three of her books out of her 12 were selling very well. And she is a teacher and sells books to schools. And she mm -hmm. said that by putting in uh, reflection questions at the end of the chapter, by putting in a bibliography with some research, it becomes a more attractive book for the university bookstores. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the nature of your material lends itself to, can you quote a research study about that topic? as we think about selling books, you know, mm -hmm. yes, we can sell a book to one person at a time, but it's much nicer to get an order for 60 books for the incoming class who's taking a particular class and the professor says, this is one of your mandatory books. Yeah. 
that is a, a whole different kettle of fish. Mm, great insight there. Um, and I've ju that's just reminded me of one of the questions that I haven't written down, but I wanted to write down, and that was around uh, the opportunity and how carefully you need to consider writing your topic or your title, carefully picking the topic title. Yeah, and that's a great question. <laughs> If and and I know the world of nonfiction the best. I have, yeah. I profess to have no expertise in fiction, children's books, or poetry, or historical romance, or any number of genres. What I understand is how business owners can capitalize on books that show their knowledge. Yeah. So that expression begin with the end in mind that we all know from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It says, sit down and think about where you want that book to take you. Now, I did not know when I co-authored my first book, which was published in 1986, I had no idea that it would lead to becoming an expert witness, building mm -hmm. a business, a saleable mm -hmm. business. I had no clue. If I were approaching that now with all that knowledge, I would say, well, what is my ultimate outcome? Where do I want to go? And how can I say, do I want to brand myself as a thought leader? Do I want to open up a new market? Mm -hmm. I've interviewed people who are speakers who said, I wrote this book on this topic because I wanted to get in and do a particular type of consulting. Uh, there's a guy who speaks on innovation he gets hired by corporations. He writes his books very strategically. I'm going after this market. I'm going to write this book. And then I'm going to use this book to promote my skills to my existing clients or to new markets. So it helps to be analytical because it, it is a big investment of time and then promotion and launching and marketing and as you've shared with your audience, repurposing, taking those nuggets out of the book and continually getting in front of your audience, mm -hmm. you're making a big commitment of time. So you want that topic to be one that is at least hot, mm. not, uh, oh yeah, that we don't want to read another book about that. That topic is so overdone. Uh, we had, for example, as a ghostwriter, I was working with an author and we got his first book published by a mainstream publisher. And they came back to us and said, we think the topic of bullying is going to be hot. We want you to write a book for us on that topic based mm. on what was going on in the political environment at that time. That was a very hot topic. Maybe bullying is not a hot topic now, five years later, four years later, mm. but how do you get employees to come back to work? Uh, how do you get them to give up working out of their homes and to come back to an office building? What do you do about people who are resigning their positions? Maybe that's a topic that is much hotter than bullying right now. Mm. And I think you, you, I had an, uh, an epiphany, an epiphany and a bit of an aha moment when you actually said where the book, where you want the book to take you. Because I think in a lot of, uh, in my experience, and I'm, I'm certainly not a ghostwriter, not somebody that writes, but I do work with people that have written lots of books. And yes, the book is an extension of the products and the programs, et cetera, that they're selling. 
but often the book is about how how can I add value and what can I share to the audience so it's I actually felt when you said that because my head sort of did a little bit of a because (laughs) it, 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 it the book is often, from my perspective, has often been written with the client's end result in mind. Yes, it's used as a lead magnet. Yes, it's used strategically to open doors, but it's more around the transformation of the client um, has been my perception when I've had conversations. So I find it really interesting the level in which we're talking about where the book is going to take you so being even more strategic than I'm just going to write a small version of the program so people get an insight about what my program is and want to want to do some work with me um so it sounds as though when you're thinking analytically and very strategically that you're actually almost I'm going to use the term forward pacing not you're forward pacing quite a quite a bit ahead would I would I be correct in saying that Pat am I on the right thought process yes Yes, you're thinking about what are the interests of your market. You're thinking about, are you, for example, focusing on one particular segment of the market? Like I edit a newsletter for a financial advisor. They lay it all out. They send it to me. They say, please proofread it, Pat. I find the typos. I send it back to them. The financial planning market is very specific. Mm. And they serve a particular segment of the population who needs help with managing their money. Mm. Um, But then other people focus on a concept like innovation. You can apply Mm. innovation to many markets Mm. or conflict resolution or leadership or communication skills. Those are broad topics that are applicable to many markets. So part of it is knowing who is likely to need your services. And if you're even more analytical, you say, who needs my services and has the money to pay me? Yeah. Because the need doesn't always equal what's in the pocketbook. And unless you want to serve and serve and serve and not get paid, um, unfortunately, that model doesn't work long term. So we have to look at who needs us, who can fund us. Uh, Even nonprofit organizations have money just because they're called nonprofit. The corporate world, um, the associations, organizations, there's many markets. Mm. So you're looking at who has the need, who is ready to sit up and take notice, who has a problem or a pain point. You know, some corporation has gotten in trouble Um, or is losing market share, even as we speak, Facebook stock has plummeted in the last 24 hours. They're hurting right now. They might need somebody as a consultant who would be able to help them objectively take a look at what is going on that has caused them to lose so much money because they announced their earnings. So there's lots of ways to look at your topic. And I also recommend to Sally, to people that you should really love your topic because once you write a book, you are with that topic uh, sometimes for years through subsequent editions. If it's not something that sets you on fire and makes you want to say, oh yeah, that would be a great story for me to include 
in the next edition. Yeah. Then look at what you are passionate about writing. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of a laugh there because I've uh, spoken on networking for probably about 15 years and for probably 10 of those years, and I, and I love networking, but for 10 of those years it was like, can I please put this to bed? Because I, I wanted to put it to bed, but my audience and my community were still were still needing it. And it's a topic I love, but it was I just find it interesting because it was a topic that I was ready to put to bed because I had moved on uh, on from it. So that's that's where it becomes very very relevant. Is it the, mm -hmm. the its longevity and its life if it's a if it's a relevant and hot topic is not determined by when you want to put it to bed. It's determined by the audience and around you that's consuming it and uh, and requesting more and those sorts of things. So I think mm -hmm. that. Just gives such an, an another another layer of insight. To, so thank you for that. Yeah, I, so I've got my head's going now with <laughs> <laughs> um, with with part of what you're doing. Um, I suppose the thing for me is it relates to everyone wants to write a book and everyone thinks that the you know the royalties they're going to nail their topic right they're going to have a you know a hungry crowd that wants their topic and and they expect that you know they've written the book and all the royalties and those sorts of things are going to come in now and we've touched on some of the more of the um, business development elements to help you make the book successful and those sorts of things do you have any um insights or extra tips as it relates to the marketing uh, of a book or the el the elements that help to drive uh, the growth of a book as it relates to the royalty side of things I will tell people quite readily that when I look at the books that I had published by nursing publishers, that I made about 35 cents an hour in royalties. Yep. However, I made millions of dollars because of the doors that opened to me because of that first and subsequent books. Yeah, brilliant. So it's the opportunities. Yeah. Uh, if you look at marketing trends for 2022, which I... I've been doing recently, there's something called surround sound, which when we grew up with, you know, speakers that had, um, they could be placed around your house so that you could literally be surrounded by music. Mm. Surround sound in marketing means that you should be wherever your audience is going to be. And this is a perfect repurposing message. Mm. You take your book, you create a little video script from a little segment maybe a 10 minute long segment and you repurpose that and you create videos from your book. You create tweets from your book. I have taken podcasts and when I, I have a podcast that's been running for six years for legal nurse consultants and I've done podcasts with the chapters from my book where I literally read without sounding like I'm reading, but I'm reading. I'm reading a section of a chapter that will equal the length of the podcast session. So I don't have to go out and create new material for that. So if you are trying to market your book, which of course is as difficult, if not more difficult than writing the book, then you have to say, this is something that you have to do for the long run. You mm -hmm. write a blog post. Your blogs can be from your book as well. And at the bottom of the blog post, you have a call to action inviting people to buy a copy of the book. 
Correct. So videos, podcasts, blogs. Um, I'm sure I haven't mentioned all of the ways that you can repurpose that book. And that's where you come in, Sally. <laughs> but you, you've provided such a great a, a great list there. And that's I think that's the essence of it. And I love that you've distilled it down to the book. Uh, it's the it's yes, there's the book and the royalties. But what are the opportunities? Because it's those, my favourite saying is an, uh, opportunities are a daily occurrence often hidden in plain sight. Hmm. Um, and as it relates to the book, often people have got the book and they've, you know, they've got their boxes of books, but what are they doing with those books in those boxes to create those bigger opportunities for them, to bring in those bigger businesses, to have those different conversations, let alone all of the repurposing elements that we've sort of shared. But there's actually much bigger uh, business opportunities, as you've shared with the, you know, putting the, the CEO's message on it and using the logo on the cover for corporations. Uh, turning the books into um, versions of online programs. There's all those sorts of um, other uh, opportunities as well. And of course, mm -hmm. the book that uh, built your, uh, the credibility that enabled you to build your multi-million dollar business that was uh, potentially unexpected, but um, such a huge opportunity that continued to, to create those ripple effects for you. And I think that's really where, when we get stuck um, when we get stuck in life or in, in business in general and we go, um, we get stuck on that hamster wheel and we go round and round. So, we, you know, we, we do that in life at different times. But when we get stuck on this hamster wheel of getting this book done, getting this book done and then writing the book and then we're so thankful that we've actually written the book that we stop. Mm -hmm. and we don't um, continue with that level of momentum to create the opportunities that could come out of it. Yes. Uh, you know, that expression that when you finish your book, you are just starting. Yes. Thank you. Well said. Yes. And it's very, it's for somebody who has written or signed off as, you know, the end, they would really like it to be the end. Yeah. However, the launch has to be planned out with a, a group of enthusiastic helpers. If mm. you are aiming for, um, a bulk of sales within a, within a specific time in order to get Amazon bestseller status. All of that has to be coordinated. Yeah. And then it's reminding people, here's the book. It, you think that everyone knows you've written a book. Well, they need to have it in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, reminders, the calls mm -hmm. to action, as I mentioned in blogs, I've done a whole series of videos. Here's one little tip. When you're holding up your book next to your face, don't put it in front of your face. Hold it so that it's right next to your cheek and you're touching your cheek so that people can see your book. And if you would like more information on this topic, buy my book, check the link below or look at the link on the video. Mm. Uh, I've done dozens of those types of videos to mm. promote my books. It, it just goes back to the surround sound concept that I mentioned yeah, a few minutes ago. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so I would love you to share with us a little bit more about uh, the work that you do and how people can get in contact with uh, with you as it relates to the uh, free offer that people can download today as well. So if you can share a little bit of that with us, please. Yes, I have um, 
I have a digital file on how you can capitalize on a book that summarizes some of the things that we have said. I've said some things today that are not in the guide and the guide covers some items that I haven't covered. Uh, I work with people who have written books. And again, I wanna stress nonfiction books. Um, any medical book is something that is also an area of expertise based on my nursing background. Some people have written a book. They want an editor to help smooth it out and make sure that it reads well. Mm. Uh, some people hire me as a ghostwriter because they have the knowledge, but they don't have the time necessarily, or they don't know how to structure a book. So they hire me to help them write the book. And some people say, you know, I, I need some guidance. Like I'm working with a woman starting next week who needs help thinking through what she wants in her book planning out the chapters, figuring out how to organize it. She's doing all the writing and I'm guiding her so that when she's done with this whole process, she'll be pleased with that final product and it will accomplish what she wants to get done. Brilliant. And we'll just pop across the um, the ticker across the screen so people have got that there um, for people to be able to access that download as well. And of course, we'll have it available on the radio uh, website as well as our social media channels as well. And that's just going across the screen now, which is mywriting.tips forward slash C-A-P. Um, that's just going across the, um, the screen now. And what's the best way for people to get in contact with you, Pat? Is it through LinkedIn or through a website? Um, I think it would be through my email address. Mm -hmm. And I do want to emphasize my last name is spelled Iyer, I-Y-E-R. It's Pat Iyer, pat at patiyer.com. Many people look at a capital I and they make it into an L. And I laugh about this because I spent 25 years testifying in courthouses. So if you can imagine people calling me Pat Liar, where's my credibility? When you walk in and you have to raise your hand and swear to tell the truth. So luckily in the courthouses, you have to say, uh, you have to answer the question, how, what is your name and how do you spell it? My name is Patricia Iyer. It's spelled I-Y-E-R. No one has ever called me Pat Liar in court, but I get emails to Pat Liar and people were letters to Pat Liar. Pat Liar doesn't exist, but Pat Iyer does with a capital I. Yeah, brilliantly. Thank you very much for sharing that um, as a bit of a wrap up. And so people have got the clarity because it's uh, uh, I occasionally have tripped on it when I've been going to email you and those sorts of things as well. I've gone, oh, no. <laughs> and change that to a capital L. I've, I've typed it wrong, uh, not realising. So I appreciate that. And great that you've got such a fabulous humour around it too. <laughs> so what we'll just do very, very quickly is we'll just go to a very, very quick commercial break and then we'll just wrap up and continue with what's happening next week. Are you a speaker, coach or consultant wanting to increase your reach and impact? Need to save time and leverage your resources? Content repurposing is the fastest way to increase your visibility, credibility, and profitability online and reach your audience with ease. You already sit on a mountain of gold that is highly valuable to your audience. It's in your books, training manuals, articles, and presentations. We regularly turn clients' books into 12 to 24 months worth of content. Let us turn your existing content into visually stunning bite-sized content tiles. 
Content repurposing is the easiest way to turn your past into profits. Turn your existing content into bite-sized glitter that you can sprinkle everywhere with ease to attract your ideal audience. Let us amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. Find out more at sallyacurtis.biz. Thank you very, very much. So as a bit of a recap with my scribbled notes that I've got notes upon uh, notes on top of notes. Thank you very much, Pat. I'm going to come back and say as a recap, the, um, my big personal takeaways was the surround sound concept of marketing, uh, brilliantly expressed as well as know where the book will take you and uh, really think about the analytics around where the book will actually take you. So thank you uh, very, very much, Pat, for sharing so much of your wisdom uh, with us today. It's been an absolute uh, privilege and pleasure to be able to have you on the show. Thank you. You're welcome, Sally. And I would encourage the, the people who are listening, don't let doubts hold you back. Don't let procrastination or perfectionism stop you from writing you have information in you that other people need to hear. And it's important to let it out, get it out of you. You can always refine it once you've written it. But if you keep it trapped inside you, you're not helping the people who need to hear your message. And for those um, that need to re, um, re-hear the very, very beginning story that Pat shared with us is the, t- the power of a story and the power of a book, go back to the very, very beginning of uh, this episode and just listen to that. And that's also the opportunity that's available to you. So again, thank you very, very much, Pat. For those uh, waiting to find out what is on next week's episode, next week we have uh, Trevor Young, who's another dear friend of mine who is in the branding content and reputation management arena. So we're going to be talking all around content and reputation. So that's next week's episode. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you again for Pat for joining us and sharing so much wisdom with us today. And please take advantage of Pat's downloadable and reach out to Pat to help bring to life that book that is within you that's going to create impacts and ripple effects for those around you. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week on next week's show. Take care. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more success secrets exposed with Sally A. Curtis.